Hello, I'm Daniel. This is my podcast, Sharpening the Mind. I am a meditation teacher and also a labor activist in Kansas City, Missouri. I teach classes in meditation and Buddhism at the Rime Buddhist Center, as well as a few other places. Thank you for listening and have a great day. So thank you all for coming. Um, So I like to give talks at these, so I have a talk I've prepared. And what I'm going to talk about tonight is uh, something that I think meditation helps us with. A a lot of the time I just talk about how hard meditation is, and I don't know if I should do that every time. So... (laughs) But at the same time, I think some meditation teachers just never talk about how hard it is. So I think that doesn't help. But that's not what I'm talking about today. I'm going to talk about something that it helps us with. But first, I wanted to ask, are there any questions or comments about the practice that we did tonight? How long was it? Uh, it was 30 minutes total. So including the instruction and everything, 30 minutes. So the sitting, probably 25, 26 minutes. Mm-hmm. It occurred to me, during the just sitting mindfulness, mm-hmm. Is it still best to keep your gaze fixed on one spot on the floor? Yes. Yes. I, either that or eyes closed, yes. Because if you're looking around, then you're doing the practice of looking around, right? So, and even if like it seems like there's nothing going on around, like there probably is. And we start to notice that when we're being really still. We start to notice, oh, there's lots of stuff happening. So, so I'm going to give a talk on what is called the second arrow. Has anybody ever heard of the second arrow? That's okay. That's okay, I didn't think so. So it's this old teaching about how we relate to our experience. The second arrow is how we tend to magnify our own suffering. So the first arrow, this is a metaphor, obviously. The first arrow is a bad thing that happens, and then the second arrow is our way of making it worse. So I've my two personal examples for this I have are this one time my son threw up and that in itself, that's bad, that's gross and I've got to clean that up, right? But that's not the only thing I'm dealing with. I'm also thinking, oh shit, is he sick, right? Is he gonna be sick for a while? Do I have to take him to the doctor? How long is that gonna take? Am I gonna to have to miss work? How many days do I wait before I take him to the doctor? Do I take him today? Do I wait until he's been sick for two days or three days? I don't know. And that is the second arrow because I'm making myself crazy. And the truth is that he just threw up and one time and that was it. And then he was fine and he went to school the next day and everything because that's the way kids are sometimes. Right? I feel like as I get closer to 40 now, when I get sick, I'm sick a very long time. And when I was a kid, I was like my son, oh, I'm sick for a day and I'm fine. So I look forward to getting older. So, <laughs> so um, that's one example. But my other example is this one time my tire on my car started to go flat. So then I'm like, oh shit, well, I'm gonna go to Quick Trip and they've got the free air, right? So then at first I think, great, there's gonna be a line at Quick Trip for the air because it's free (laughs) and there always is. But anyway, then I get air in the tire, then the next day it's going flat again, like happens sometimes. So then I'm thinking, oh no, I have to go to a mechanic. Maybe they can patch it, but probably not. I probably need a new tire, right? I probably have to miss a day of work because I'm gonna be without a car. So, um, cars are inconvenient and annoying. That's what I started to tell myself. I wish I didn't have to have a car. I wish I worked next door to home, but of course I don't. So, and then I just 
So I'm struggling with all that, and then I just I took my car to Discount Tire, and they fixed it in less than an hour. They patched it. If you live north of the river, go to Discount Tire <laughs> because they're good. But that those so those are two examples of I had kind of a little problem, and I actually I made it way worse in my head. So that's what the second arrow is. The first arrow is whatever happens, and then the second arrow is when we struggle with it and we steal our own joy. So the first arrow is inevitable. Uh, things are always going to go wrong. There will be flat tires always, right? Life's not always going to be sunshine and rainbows. The question is, can we learn how to respond better to the second arrow? Or rather, maybe not make the second arrow happen at all. We don't, sometimes we really don't want anything in life to be less than great, so we get really frustrated and we make our unhappiness worse because things don't go perfectly the way we want them to. And so when something happens we don't like, then sometimes it sets all these mental processes and it puts us into a downward spiral. Our minds go wild and we tell all sorts of stories about why things are worse than they really are. And I think we all do that. We all build things up in our minds. And sometimes when we have unpleasant feelings, we also lash out. Like, I'm so mad I'm having this feeling. I'm so mad I'm uncomfortable or mad. I'm so mad that I'm sad. And especially, how dare you make me feel this way? We, we get that way. How dare you? I deserve to be happy all the time. And I don't want to feel that. And then another second aspect of the second arrow is what I'm going to call avoidance. And that is where we pretend something's not happening. So that's the other, the other level is we pretend it's not happening. I really, really aggressively pretended I was okay when, when my father passed away. And I was not okay. But I pretended I was for a really long time. And that didn't serve me very well. And I think that a lot of us do that. And a lot of us have stories like that because... Life is hard, and I also think our culture doesn't help us very much because we get this message again and again and again that just, I'm going to be happy if I get a new car, or I'm going to be happy if I get tacos, or I'm going to be happy if I get Disney+, Plus. right? That's the new one. So the truth is that burying our sadness by spending money um, brings fleeting relief and also there's always new things to buy, so we're going to run out of money that way. And that's, people go heavily into debt because they're trying to buy happiness, I think. So, and to put it another way, our pain is the first arrow, and the second arrow is our inability to deal with that in a reasonable way. So there's, there's a concept that I like, it's called apamata, and I don't usually like to talk about foreign language terms, but apamata, I like, and it means the absence of madness, because I think that we, we make ourselves crazy. So I think I really like the word madness for what we're doing. We have these experiences where we're getting hit by the first arrow and we just react and stab ourselves with the second arrow. That's, that's madness, right? We just react because we're not fully present and we're not seeing things clearly and we can't just be here and be like, okay, a kid threw up, so I'm gonna clean that up, right? We, we just go crazy and when we're mindful we can choose to respond instead of just reacting it's that mindfulness that that we're working on here that we're developing to just be aware and not go down this rabbit hole of either sadness or denial 
the mindfulness and awareness is so helpful to us because we can really learn to recognize when we're making things worse for ourselves and we can make we can choose some of our thoughts not always but we can choose some of our thoughts and start to you know tell ourselves okay this isn't that bad i'm gonna get through this it's probably gonna be okay because a lot of the time it is okay and sometimes there are real disasters of course but a lot of the time it's okay and sometimes even if we're mindful we're gonna make things worse anyway but at least we know we can learn how to know we're doing it and that takes away some of its power. And sometimes we can learn to say, oh, this isn't that bad or my fears are ridiculous. So that can be really helpful. And one of my kids, different kid, not the same one that threw up. <laughs> one of my kids, he, whenever he can't find something, he immediately goes to, someone took it. <laughs> someone took it. I can't find my toy, somebody took it. So what's he doing? He's piling the frustration of losing something, which really, it sucks to lose something, but he's piling on anger at random person, I don't know who they are. So that is just two negative emotions together when it could have been just one because nobody took it. Nobody's ever taken it. So, and we think we're not like that, but I think that if we really think about it, we probably have stuff like that too. So he's making himself unhappy and I'm trying to work with him on that because that's no way to go through life. But that's the first arrow, something's lost. The second arrow, looking around to place blame. Whose fault could this be? So he's adding to his struggle and I think that we all do that sometimes. And another thing that happens, and I don't have an example for this, that's too bad, but we might make a mistake in our life and then that's the first arrow. And then the second arrow is just telling ourselves, I'm worthless. I'm never gonna be good at this thing. I'm, other people are better than me. Just being really down on ourselves. I'm not good at anything. I'll never amount to anything. And that's no good either. And so that's step one, a bad thing happens. Step two, blame ourselves or others. And then sometimes step three is try to get rid of it. Just distract yourself, pretend it's not happening, go shopping, drink, lie to yourself, whatever. So I don't want you to think that avoiding the second arrow means pretending the first arrow didn't happen. Denial is a different kind of second arrow. It is really the second arrow is whatever stops us from dealing with what's happening in a skillful way and facing it properly. And meditation helps us to see through, see through our crap. So we can see what we're doing to ourselves and we can learn how to witness what we're doing instead of just being all caught up in ourselves all the time, just thinking, oh, who took my toy, right? So little by little, we can learn how to see things more clearly and see through, see through the things we're telling ourselves. And we really want to not lie to ourselves and not make things worse and not pretend things aren't happening. So. That's what I wanted to say. Meditation helps us to do that. And we can see, hopefully we can learn how to see what aspects of our struggle are optional and what aspects are not. Because it's true, some of them are not. But if, if some of the things making us unhappy are things we're choosing to participate in, then we should try to learn how to not do that. So that's what I wanted to say tonight. Um, if there's any questions or anything to add, we can, I can listen to that, and if not, that's okay.
Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Very much. Great. Thank you guys for being here. I have a sign-in sheet and a donation bowl out there. If you feel compelled to make a donation, you can, but if not, that's okay. I can afford this place, so <laughs> if nobody does, that's okay. But if you want to, please do. Thank you for listening and have a good day.